Hi, and welcome to another episode of Questions. My name's Nathan Elam. I'm here with Pastor Joel, and we wanted to take a quick moment and say, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like uh, icon as well. We would love to have you get more of this content delivered to you on a regular basis. So today, Pastor Joel, we have a question from Dominique, and her question is, is empathy a virtue or a sin? Hmm. What do you think? (laughs) That's a good one, Dominique. Thank you for asking. There's been some debate about this recently. Um, I think it's a really good question. Uh, So I'll go ahead and show my hand up front. Um, I think that empathy is a sin. Um, But let me take some time and try to unpack precisely why. Let's go ahead and start with 1 Peter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter 3, verse 8 says this. Finally, all of you have unity of mind sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. All right. So when it comes to unity, fostering unity among the people of God, especially in a local church setting, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, I I think of the scripture that says how good and pleasing it is uh, when brothers dwell in unity with Mm. one another. And so uh, unity is something that God loves. It's something that God desires um, it is certainly something that God commands according to his moral will. Uh, unity is something that uh, we as the people of God uh, should be striving for. Christians should strive to foster and sustain, uh, preserve unity, especially in a local body of Christ. And so th- this verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind. And then he lists some other virtues, Christian virtues. And I think all these kind of in in many ways, they play into uh, what precisely is required in order to achieve and preserve unity. Mm. So how are you going to have unity? Well, you're going to have unity um, through sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. You won't have unity if you're arrogant, right? You're going to have to have humility. uh, And you're not going to have unity if uh, you're cold toward one another. There needs to be that warmness, that that warm affectionate, tender-heartedness, brotherly love. But you're also going to have to have sympathy. Now, the word sympathy, its all it is, is it's compassion. Mm. Um, it's compassion. It is, it is to look at someone else and seek to, to understand. It is to say, um, I see you in your suffering, and I have compassion toward you. I have understanding toward you, compassion toward you. Um, I care for you. I am sympathetic with your suffering, your plight. But sympathy is um, very distinct from empathy. So again, sympathy, it literally comes from the word compassion. Uh, Compassion is a biblical word. So we find the word sympathy in Scripture. uh, And we find Certainly the word compassion, it depends on your translation. So maybe you don't find sympathy a lot, but you'll certainly find the word compassion. And they're one and the same. Um, having compassion towards someone else is having sympathy. Uh, but empathy is is something altogether distinct from sympathy or compassion. Again, compassion is I see someone when they're hurting and um, I love them. I care for them. I'm, I, I have genuine 
godly concern for this other person's well-being. And I see them in the midst of their plight, and, and I have a longing, I have a desire to, to come to their aid. See, and I think that's the difference in many ways. I think sympathy, what it allows for is it actually allows for us to come to someone's aid. And ironically, that's precisely what empathy does not allow for. Empathy does, it's often what, what people want. It's often what I want. I want people, I'm angry, just be angry with me. I'm sad, just be sad with me. Mm-hmm. Feel my pain, right? So empathy is where we step into someone's experience, Right. If somebody, I think Doug Wilson used this example. Or maybe it was um, Joe uh, Rigney. 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 That's right. Joe Rigney. Um, one of the two. Uh, but they use this illustration of quicksand. Right. You're, you're sinking in quicksand and there's somebody who's standing safely up on solid ground on the shore, if you will. And you're looking at them and rather than saying, help me, you know, like throw me a rope, you know, or extend to me some kind of branch, you know, from a tree to where you can pull me out. Uh, Rather than that, you just say, this quicksand is so bad. It's so miserable. It's so uncomfortable. It's so frightening. I have so much anxiety and I have so much discomfort. And, and really what I need more than anything else is not to be pulled out of this quicksand. But if you really love me, what I really need most is for you simply to, to enter into the quicksand with me and let's both die together. That's sympathy. Mm-hmm. And I think our generation, I think I just, it's just, I think just our sinful human hearts, but our generation especially um, wants empathy we, because here's the thing. We don't really want help. I think of Jesus, John chapter five, the man at the mm-hmm. pool of Bethesda, where he says, he asks this question. And you just almost feel like, like, does that question even need to be asked? It just mm-hmm. seems like a, almost insulting, right? It's a no brainer. And he says, do you want to be made well? Mm-hmm. And the reality is Jesus, as God, knows that that's a question that is worth asking. It's a question that must be asked because there's a lot of people that the answer to that question, do you want to be made well, their their answer is a resounding no. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be made well. They don't want to be better. They're angry and they like it. They want to just stay angry, Mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, They're pitying themselves. And what they want is not a solution. What they want is just they want others to pity them. Mm-hmm. They're experiencing self-pity. They want others just to join them in that pity. And so what sympathy, not empathy, but what sympathy allows for is it allows for all the biblical language that we that, that undoubtedly is, is scriptural and biblically faithful, sympathy, compassion, understanding, tenderheartedness, brotherly love. It allows for all of that understanding, but from the position of being able to help, right? I, I think of... Um, Another example would be uh, we're, we're uh, talking about a bring, the ministry of restoration, uh, restoring someone who is caught in a transgression. Mm-hmm. It says, you who are spiritual should restore him, that is the man, the one who is caught in some kind of sin, some kind of transgression. It says, you should restore him with a spirit of gentleness, right? So not just beating him up, not kicking him when he's down, not, not overly condemning him, but a spirit of gentleness. But then it says, but also with not just gentleness, but carefulness. Say, keeping watch on yourselves, lest you too fall into that sin. Lest you too fall. And so even when, when we're restoring someone else, right? That's, that's really what empathy and sympathy, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who is, they're caught in some kind of sin. 
that they themselves have committed, or perhaps they've been sinned against. Maybe they're truly a victim. Victims do exist. Uh, there is such a thing as genuine victimhood. Certainly we can claim victim status in, in a way that's not accurate, but but there are times where people are victimized. That that does occur. We live in a fallen world. So you have committed a sin or you have been sinned against either way by your own sin or someone else's, and usually it's a combination of the two, you find yourself in a sinking pit of quicksand. And someone needs to restore you. Not just feel your pain. That might be what you want. It's not what you need. Have you noticed that? What we want, what we need are not always the same. Mm, certainly. Right? My two-year-old daughter, what she wants is french fries you know and ice cream for every meal and but if i give her what she wants i'm not loving her i'm hating my child and so too there are so many people in our culture today and sadly even in the church today because the church has really signed on 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 a lot of the godless philosophies and ideologies and and culture that surrounds us and so not only in the culture but even in the church that we got a lot of two-year-olds right now Ice cream, pity, empathy. And I think a lot of it, man, you want to talk about a verse that's taken out of context and misapplied almost at an all-time high? Well, let's just go there. Romans chapter 12. This would be the verse. My goodness, if I had a dollar for every time I hear this vote, a verse quoted and, and applied improperly to the detriment, sadly, uh, to the detriment uh, of, of someone, I'd be a very rich man. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Romans 12, verse 15. It says this, rejoice with those who rejoice. And here we are, mourn with those who mourn. Mm -hmm. The obvious implication of that verse as we're seeking to properly exegete it is rejoice with those who rejoice righteously and weep or mourn with those who mourn righteously. Mm-hmm. Right now, if Roe versus Wade was overturned in our nation, there would be millions of people in America mourning the loss of their legal right to murder their own children in the womb. Mm-hmm. So as Christians, do we mourn with them? That's insane. That is insane. Of course we don't. But see, that's what empathy does. Empathy basically says no cross-examination, no clarifications, no questions. This is how I feel immediately. I demand immediately that you join me. Mm-hmm. Get in the quicksand. And I think that's what we have going on in our world right now at, at a mass scale. And it's been, it's been masquerade, masqueraded as a Christian virtue, but it's not. It's not what, what the Christian is called to do. And, and I think you can do it gently, right? Restore the one who is caught in a transgression with a spirit of gentleness. But, right, so it's, they're not mutually exclusive. It's not if you're going to be gentle, then you have to be careless and just jump in the quicksand. Or if you're going to be careful and keep watch on yourself so you too don't fall into the same sin, well, there goes gentleness. No, the Bible advocates for both. The Bible tells me that I can be gentle and careful at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can be gentle towards the individual who's hurting, and I can also not give in to the sin of empathy by asking some questions. But see, critical theory and all the, all the things that we have in our world today, in our culture today, what, what they say is just listen and believe. Listen 
right? We, we just, we, hey, stop talking. Stop talking. Just listen to those minority groups or listen to this person, listen to that person. Find a victim and listen and believe. You mean listen and cross-examine, make sure their story is actually truthful and then believe. No, 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 no. Just listen and believe. If you have to ask a clarifying question, if you feel in your heart any ounce of the fact that you don't believe or you think that their testimony might not be true, you're racist. You're cold. You're unloving. You're uncaring. You're harsh. You're not being gentle. All that is a lie. Biblically, from biblical grounds, all of that is a lie. There is a way to be gentle, to restore someone in a spirit of gentleness, and to be careful, keeping watch on yourself so that you don't fall into the very same trap yourself. When someone talks to us, when they share with us how they're hurting, we need to be gentle, seek to be understanding, but also firmly, have both feet firmly planted on the solid ground of truth. It does that individual no good for us to leave the banks of truth in order to climb into the self-pity of quicksand. Because at that point, we're not helping. We're hurting. We're not helping. Now we just have, we've just determined that we're going to slowly drown with them. And the person might feel like that's help, right? They, they might say to other people, man, this person has really helped me, but have they? Or have they just become your companion in this slow death? That's not help. And so empathy just jumps in the quicksand. It's just feel what I feel, mourn with me when I mourn, rejoice with me when I rejoice, no questions asked, no, no cross-examination. Um, if you even say, well, I just want to make sure I'm doing this truthfully, well, then you're putting truth above love. See, that's what empathy does. That's what our culture does. It pits love against truth rather than saying, let's give the truth in love. Right? That's what the Bible says, truth in love. But what we do is we say truth and love are, are mutually exclusive entities and you have to pick, mm -hmm. right? Or gentleness and carefulness are mutually exclusive entities and you have to you have to choose between the two. No, I just, that is a false, unbiblical dichotomy and I reject it outright. So the Bible affirms sympathy. That is, comes from the root word compassion. It is understanding, love, brotherly love, tenderheartedness, it cares. But it doesn't care for the person at the expense of caring for God and God's truth. And because, not, not, not despite, but precisely because it cares for the person, it desires not just to hurt with them, but to actually help them. Mm -hmm. And we cannot help people if we get entangled in the very thing that they're entangled in. We must remain, we must preserve and sustain that position of stability by keeping one hand over here on the branch of the tree and our, our two feet firmly planted on, on the solid bank of truth as we then extend that rope or that branch or that pole or whatever it is in this illustration to the person in the quicksand and, and help to pull them out. Our world wants empathy. Our Bible says to give sympathy. That would be my answer. 
All right, great. Thank you, Pastor Joel. Well, we hope that you can all apply this in your lives as you move forward this week and uh, into the future. And once again, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. If you're on Facebook, give it a like. If you're on uh, all our other platforms, we would love to hear from you. And so feel free and email us or uh, write a comment. We'd love to answer your questions in the future. So thanks so much for tuning in uh, to Questions. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com slash offer. And thank you for your generous support.